coming at you from the Hey Yo Studios. It's the Fade Route with D and Z. Here are your hosts, D and Z. Coming at you live from the AO studio. Hey, it's the fade route with D and Z. I am D. We got a great show for you tonight. Hal X for help. Stroud shines, and the Big Ten—they're not happy with Michigan and Jim Harbaugh. But we begin today's show with five new hires: Melvin, Voigt, or Vote. Washington, Mendoza, and Craig Council all have head coaching jobs in Major League Baseball. Z, I'll toss it up to you because your team is in this mix here. What do you like? What do you don't like? And did David Ross done dirty? We'll start with that. Let's start with that. Like, David Ross was in striking distance of getting his team into the playoffs. No, they did not make the playoffs, but they were in the discussion. World Series champion, David. World Series champion. Two-time. Two-time. Absolutely. So he's got pelts on the wall as a player. And juxtapose him coming out of the booth and managing with a certain fella coming out of the booth joining a team in the Bronx. Right, I would argue that David Ross has done a better job coming out of the booth than Aaron Boone has with less. Right, that pitching is eh, not great. Like you had Justin Steele, great. You had Kyle Hendricks, for a little while, very good. He's kind of, you know, he's getting older. What are you gonna do? You you had a, a phenomenal year from Cody Bellinger this year. He's probably gonna walk. Probably to the Yankees. Like, what are you getting from there? You know, you had um, you had some guys playing above and beyond, you know, what they're capable of. You lost Wilson Contreras to the rival Cardinals, and all with all this going on, right? You were still able to be in the conversation. Now, Craig Council also has had success as a manager. He has won multiple NL Central titles. He's gotten the Brewers to legit perennial contender. He did that. And, you know, he is he has been a consistent manager in this league for nine years. Yeah. He, yeah. So, I believe the Brewers offered him another contract, too. It's not like they didn't. But if you, you know... You're not going to turn down 40 mil. You're not going to turn down being the not highest I. manager in baseball. No. Not absolutely I. Not. No. <laughs> no. Absolutely not. Yes, you're going to be in the crucible of the north side of Chicago, but that's what the money's for, as Don Draper once famously said. So I think that it, it was a little it was a little done dirty. He was David Ross did enough to keep his job. You know, he did more than Gabe Kapler did. And we thought that Gabe Kapler probably deserved another year. I I like Gabe Kapler. I'm a big I'm a fan. I, I, I believe in. I respond to his coaching. I think he's a good coach. I think that Ross did a better job, and for him to be out of a job is a little, yeah, it's a little quizzical. But I don't think he's going to be out of a job for long. But there are two teams that, for one, spite work, 
go manage the Brewers. Mm, okay. Really fuck them. Really go fuck them over. Like win the, go win the division with Craig Council's players. It's a, it's a full uh, John Gruden situation. So we like to call that pulling a John Gruden. The other thing you could do, Padres jobs available. Why not? <laughs> go for it. Go for yeah. it. See if you can see if you can turn that mess around. As far as Council, like he's legit. He's legit. But I don't know. I don't know what he's going to bring to the table here that Ross wasn't bringing. As far as Ron Washington, I'm happy for Wash, right? He was up until Bruce Bochy this year winning the World Series. Ron Washington was arguably the most important manager in Texas Ranger history because he got him, he got the team to back to back World Series. Really impressive. Did they win? No. But got him there. Got him there. Cruz dropped pop up away from <laughs> that was bad. That's yeah, that's bad. So like you know, he for some reason could not could not uh, get back into the big chair until now. You know, was great in Atlanta as third base coach, always well respected, well regarded. So I'm happy for Wash. I, I think that he might actually succeed where others have failed out in Anaheim. Mm-hmm. So okay. we'll see. We will see. But. Um, Time to start lambasting some people. Time to start. Bob Melvin, yeah, I, I get it. You were a giant. You wanted to go back. I, I understand that, but I don't know. I, I think you traded down a little bit in terms of talent level. It doesn't look like the Giants really, you know, will measure up. And are they going to spend, right? Like they whiffed on Carlos Correa last year. Their big move was Michael Conforto. Conforto! Con- Conforto! That was their big move last year. Are they going to pull something out? Are they going to be in the, the front runner for Shohei Otani? Like, are they go? Yeah. Are they going to go get Yamamoto from Japan? Okay. Are they going to go get Bellinger? Are they going to do these things? I don't know because mm. last year their idea of making moves was we're going to sign a one arm man. And hopefully he's going to be all right. <laughs> so we'll see. Making you know, babies, Steve, eh? Stephen Vogt, he's got big shoes to fill. Terry Francona was a staple in Cleveland after leaving Boston. So, I don't know. Stephen Vogt's Stephen been a bench coach. He has no managerial experience. Sometimes that works. Well, the catchers Sometimes. usually do well. Catchers usually do well, but not their first go-round. Mm. Not their first go-round. But, I mean, we'll see. He's well-regarded as a good communicator. He's well-respected throughout the league. Mm. And that leaves me with Carlos Mendoza. <laughs> I'm not impressed. I'm not impressed for this reason. Yes, he has no managerial experience. Yes, all of that. And it sounds like I'm going to, you know, piss on this guy's grave before, you know, it's even happened. You know, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. I am. Just because he's the guy, right? That's very kind of you. It's very nice of you. Yeah. I'm not going to bury him. I'm not going to bury him. Mm. But as much grace as anybody else. However, coming from the Yankees' current coaching staff, that doesn't that, that doesn't excite me. That doesn't turn me on, right? That doesn't exactly you know that doesn't exactly inspire me. Try and go get a season ticket package. It, it doesn't inspire me to buy merch. It doesn't inspire me to do anything because I don't know. He's an unknown quantity. Now, what is this team going to be? don't know. Are they going to be in on Otani? Are they going to be in on Yamamoto? Are they going to 
are they going to tear down? Right? You know, rumors, if you believe Andy Martino, Pete Alonso's 50-50 to be on this team next year. The Bra- the, um, the, Braves, the Mariners are interested in upgrading their contact hitting. Jeff McNeil could very well end up out there. Do, do they bring back a George Kirby or do they bring back a Brian Wu? That's very interesting. I don't know. The Mets are very much in flux right now. I don't know what Carlos Mendoza brings to the table for one because he's a part of that Yankee staff that we just lambasted and lambasted and lambasted and they're they're generally regarded as terrible despite <laughs> how Steinbrenner and Brian Cashman think. Right? Ask a Yankee fan. They'll tell you. They're kind of in the know on this. They follow. That's their account. So very inspiring to me so I am going to if I was going to order this up I would put Mendoza last I would put him last I would put votes slightly above because because of his reputation around the league Tim's was another one that got hired right Marcus. yes no uh Tim's is a hitting coach I think he's uh with the White Sox now yeah yeah make a move make it maybe yeah I thought I I mean none of these none of these hires really meant much to me I think the two that were big were Craig Council and Ron Washington, in my opinion. Um, the, the Craig Council one's a little interesting because I do think the, the Mets offered him a deal. I think um, I know the Brewers offered him a deal, and I think one other team offered him a deal. Uh, so it's interesting that he would go to the Cubs. Um, he might know something we don't. Maybe he knows the talent is there. Maybe he's got to look at the farm and he likes who he's going to be dealing with. Because you, you spend nine years with the team. That's pretty impressive, man. That doesn't happen in Major League Baseball. And it's not like they were winning. Like I mean, they were competitive, but they didn't win anything. And he was there for all that time. It's a long time. Well, he kept him afloat. He definitely, much like... He competed Bruce at a high Bo- level, right? He competed. He did. Um, I want to throw that out there. Like Kind of like Bruce Bochy did with the late 90s Padres. They were always in the conversation. They well, got to the World Series at least. Geez, I don't know. I mean, I think those Padres teams were loaded. I don't know. That was pretty crazy how those teams lost. Not loaded enough. I guess, well, they were they, had, <laughs> they were competing against something else back then, so it's not easy. Uh, well, the Melvin hire is whatever. I think the most intriguing thing about that is like, yeah, if you want to go work for those other guys, you can go. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, great. Uh, I don't look much into the the vote the. Voight, vote, vote, however you say vote. his name, Stephen Vote. Stephen Vote. I don't read anything into that. I mean, Francona couldn't win with those boys. I don't know if this guy's going to be able to do it. Um, I like Ron Washington. I mean, he was a coach for the Braves for a while. Uh, he, the guy just knows baseball. He know he knows baseball and a big time knows the fielding aspect. Yeah, Eric Chavez, I believe, gave one of his gold gloves to Ron because he helped him win it. I mean, and he's relatable. He's You could talk to him. Um, I think he's going to do well there. I, I, I kind of differ with you on the, how much success he's going to have because there ain't nobody there. Otani ain't coming back. Randone's garbage. Trout's always hurt. Like, you know, it's, it's you just, you're walking into a buzzsaw. The Mendoza hire is just... Uh, the first time I heard, I was like, "Who? <laughs> Who? This is the guy. This is the guy you you wanted to. 
you fired Buck Schulter, Showalter to bring in this guy, right? Don't you ask yourself that question, Z? Like, we fired Buck for this guy? This guy looks like he's just going to do whatever you tell him to do. He looks like he's just going to be one of those, you know, kind of goes by the statistics kind of thing. He's going to be a, a numbers dude. That's the only thing that this looks like to me. It doesn't look like this guy's going to coach a baseball team. Have you seen him? Uh, this guy is... Now, I don't get this. Um, and Buck's a 40, good coach. 43, 43 years old, coaching experience, but no no managerial experience. How heavy into, Coming from a heavy analytics team, like it, go, it shows you the direction that the Mets are going to go in. It shows you what what the what they're going to start valuing, especially under David Stearns. Yeah, I guess. I mean, you don't give. I mean, Matt, you, Matt, no Mattingly call. Craig Council no, turns you down. You don't you don't talk to Kapler, no. Nope. Um, and Ger- no Girardi. Uh, no, no, you're I'm, replacing Buck with Girardi. It's the same guy. I'm just trying to say, like, it just it does it it doesn't look like this was thought out. Like. Did you fire Buck Showalter and say, okay, we're going to get Carlos Mendoza? Like, is that how it went? Or was it like, okay, we're going to fire Buck. We really want Craig Council. We can't get Craig Council. We'll try to get, um, we'll, you know, we'll try to get Ron Washington. We can't get Ron Washington. Then we'll figure out from there. Like, or was it really, this was your number one choice? That That's my only question. And no, if you could go back, no way. if you could realize that this is what you were going to end up with, would you have still fired Buck Showalter after that? That just doesn't, that doesn't vibe with me, my friend. I don't. So they're already starting off on the wrong foot, which is yeah. not a surprise at all. But but I can guarantee you this. Here's what yeah. I can guarantee you. First year is going to be good. You got oh. that from Rojas. You got really? that from Showalter. Yeah. Because you got it from okay. Buck, you got it from Rojas, you got it from Mickey, you got it from TC. Like there's improvement. I love the optimism. I love the hope in your voice. I love it. They're it, gonna burn this fucking thing down in three months. No, historically, this is what it is. What you're gonna get. Pete Alonso will not be a Met at the trade deadline. You will be 15 to 20 games under 500 behind the Marlins. So when, when, when Spencer Strider has Tommy John surgery, we'll, we'll, uh, <laughs> that's okay. We'll, we'll revisit this conversation. That's fine because there's three other guys on that team that can pitch. It's fine. I'm just, I'm just saying, like, you gotta, you this hire tells it all. They're gonna burn this fucking thing down. That's why it doesn't matter who the manager is. It could be Joe Schmo because. We're gonna burn this thing down, and we're three years away from three and three years away. Like that—that's what I think. But we'll see. Need a little inspiration in the kitchen? Want to try something new? Or maybe you just need a new YouTube cooking show to binge? Well, I have the answer for all three. As you eat it, hosted by me, Z. I invite you into my home and show you methods designed to empower and inspire you in the kitchen. Cook how you want to cook, eat how you want to eat, eat as you eat it. That's as you eat it, available only on YouTube. AZ, you eat it. Check it out and let's get cooking. But let's move on to football where there's a heavyweight football fight on Sunday afternoon 
with, in my opinion, a clear winner. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys faced off against the Philadelphia Eagles, and the Eagles, they came out victorious. But Dak was brilliant. 374 yards, three touchdowns. He did get sacked three times, but the Cowboys ultimately fell 23-28. So, Z, what did we learn from this game? Did we learn more about the Eagles, more about the Cowboys? Was this a big deal, little deal, or no deal? So what we learned is that the Eagles can be had, just not by the Cowboys. Okay. So, so you didn't learn that when they had. faced the Jets? The Jets wasn't that like, oh, they can be had? Is, is this game? No. Because no. look at what the Jets have done since. <laughs> Don't even get me started. Look, look at what the Jets have done before and look at what the Jets have done since. Their so, coach is a clown. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm not saying, I'm just saying. Let's just put it that way. But the Cowboys had this game. Okay. Get back. Tried very hard to seal the deal. Rocking the passer, you had a little contact. You're you're moving. Dak Prescott moved the ball just by, well, just by penalty. Got them where they needed to go, and then the Cowboys start sliding back. Start. Ball start. Ball. Now we are in deep shit, and the touchdown wins this game. Now. C.D. Lamb makes the catch, and he's got to fight through, what, three or four Eagles to get to the end zone? Where's the blocking? Where's Gallup? Where's Ferguson? Why are they not clearing these guys out? They're not doing this. Kevin Dyson play from the Super Bowl. Started so short. So close and yet so far away. And the Cowboys were able to hang with the Eagles, right? They were absolutely able to. And Dak outplayed Jalen Hurts. Dak had a fantastic game 29 to 44, 374, three touchdowns. Like, that's a really good game for him. CeeDee Lamb, 11 for 191. Jake Ferguson, 7 for 91 and a touch. Who the hell is Ferguson? They have this guy named Tolbert. Is that you, Tolbert? <laughs> 49 and a touchdown. At most, the Eagles made the play at the end, and they held on just enough. But you have to be concerned if you're the Eagles, right? The, the Cowboys took it to you, and in the fourth quarter, you had to fight back. Mm-hmm. You had to fight back, and you had to make it. You had to make it happen. And at the end, they just barely held on. This is a recipe. I think we, we've unlocked something here. And I mean, they're eight and one. Maybe they'll lose two more regular season games. Hmm. I would say one or two, and one of those might be one of the. You know, we've already clinched, so we're just going to rest our gut. But. It definitely, you're definitely on to something here. If you get out in front and if you can play strong enough defense and not commit a bunch of fucking stupid penalties, mm. that's the killer. Because the Eagles tried to get it back to you with the James Bradbury pick. The fucking James Bradbury pick. <laughs> like, seriously. What the hell? What the hell? But that's the thing. You got to be smart, you got to be disciplined, and you got to play defense. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, the thing I took away from this game is that the the Dallas Dak is good enough to get you beat. I mean, that's what he is. He's good enough to get you beat. Um, I felt like that was his best game this year. And they fell short. They felt no matter how you turn it, they fell short. And this defense on Dallas Cowboys is not built to play against a team like the Eagles. A running team. A quarterback scrambling team. Two receivers that can beat your guys one-on-one for a jump ball. They they don't have the corners of the safeties to compete. Um, and that's the way I took out it. it like it really was like flashbacks of like what like five or six years ago when you had Dallas playing Green Bay for in the in the championship game where or not the championship game it was probably the wild card game where Des the Des catches like it brought back all of those feelings like you know just when you think they're close enough to take the lead or they're close enough to win the game penalty long drive touchdown like they're just they're just not there and it's you know it's it, i i hate to say this but i mean it just comes out like you know back in the day he came from mississippi he came from mississippi right i mean he's or missouri whatever whatever mississippi he, state mississippi yeah. came from mississippi state third round, mississippi state third round pick not a lot of zip on the ball i mean the running game is okay in Dallas, right? He doesn't get Brandon Cooks the ball. I feel like he missed a lot of guys. I feel like there were some passes where there were people open, but he was trying to get it to Lamb, which is fine. You know, Lamb is your guy. But you think about, like, this many years in the league, he shouldn't be losing to Jalen Hurts and the Eagles, see? Right? That's like... That's like if Joe Montana was, like, losing to Phil Sims and shit. Like, you know, it's the... He, you, you are you are the Dallas Cowboys quarterback. You you're the fear of their franchise guy. Like you're supposed to put the game in your hands and you're supposed to go down and win. They came out flat in the third quarter. They gave up 14 points to the Eagles in the fourth quarter in the third quarter. And then they shut the Eagles out in you know in the fourth quarter, but the damage is already done. Like you you already gave up the lead. So that's what I took away from the game. I thought it was a very good game. I'm proud of Dak because nobody could take anything away from him. Nobody could say bad. I mean, I'm saying bad things about him, but not really bad things. It's like, this is who he is. It's like Gardner Minshew is who Gardner Minshew is. It's the same thing. It's Josh Dobbs is who Josh Dobbs is. Like, this is who Dak is. You know, he's good enough to get you beat. That's... That's my that's my tagline for Dak in this game. This could have been a really monumental statement game for him. Could have came in here, walked into Philadelphia, beat the Eagles, put without Zeke, and you know, after all, you know, with McCarthy calling plays and with this defense, and that's just not what happened here. Well, no, let's also you know say what it was. There is no running game. Yeah. No, you're right. There is no running game. But that was their choice. They chose to let Zeke go. They chose to stick with Pollard. And Pollard's been okay. He's 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 okay. He's good. He ain't Zeke. Like, you know, he's not uh he's not Swift. You know, no. he's he's not Austin Eckler. This is this is the decision you guys made. This is what you chose, you know. And and I like I like the Dallas defense, but their defense is built to 
to go up against Pat Mahomes and Joe Burrow and Josh Allen. You don't have any of these fucking guys in the in in your in your conference or your division. You're in a division where Danny Dimes, who's hurt, so now it's Tommy DeVito who's going to get destroyed this weekend. You got Jalen Hurts, who's predominantly a running quarterback that can throw the football, right? Would you argue against that? And you no. got Sam, and you got Sam Howell, scared of Sam Howell. You you got you're pinning your ears back to go after Sam Howell. You know, I don't. The other major issue is that. <clears throat> We talked about the lack of discipline. And then the brain farts, the mental mistakes that you cannot yeah, make. Sure. The two-point conversion where you step out of bounds. Oh, that was brutal. The not having Ferguson not having the ball in his right arm instead of having it in his left arm when his knee goes down. If it's in the right arm, he breaks the plane of the goal. Was it Ferguson or was it the other guy? I think it was Ferguson. I think it was Ferguson. But that, Uh, but listen, that goes back to I don't know what a catch is, right? Because (laughs) in my my opinion, right, he didn't complete the catch because he was going to the ground. So he has to complete the, he has to finish going to the ground and maintaining possession. And that's a touchdown. That's just, but I don't know what a catch is. That's my well, that That's officiating. That, right? That's because, see, if, if, if the ball comes out or moves as he's going to the ground, that would have been not a catch. So why wouldn't he have to complete the action of a catch? He has to carry the ball through the ground, maintain possession, and that's when we determine if he's actually caught this football. Not when his knee goes down as he's catching the ball. Right? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, if it's a simultaneous bang bang play, if he's being touched down as his as he's catching the ball in the process of it, like if he, if it comes a bang bang play like that, it, if you determine it's a catch at that point, you're looking at where he's down, and if that ball in his right arm instead of his left, it's a touchdown. I always say it should be just where you land. Forget about the knees and all the ball. Wherever you land, man. You land in, you're landing in the end zone, it's a touchdown. You landed out of bounds, you're out of bounds. This whole nonsense One of point, where I am, point. where my knee, when my knee hits the ground or my ass cheek hits the ground. That's just right. Well, a knee is worth an el- is worth one elbow and or shin. Worth, yeah, uh, an elbow. Like just why can't it just yeah. be where I landed? We get rid of all that. But yeah, yeah so I, I mean you. that's where I am with that. But there there was another show, another showcase was underway in Texas where the former number one pick, Baker Mayfield, faced off against the number two overall pick this year in C.J. Stroud. And Stroud, man, he put on a show without a running game, without a kicker. 470 yards, five touchdowns. Stroud in one season now has more touchdown passes than Kenny Pickett has in two. Ah, That's great stat. On the flip side, Bryce Young in Carolina threw two pick sixes against the Colts, and there you go. He lost by just that many points. So, Z, how much of the Panthers were getting their pick of Bryce Young? Well, to be fair, C.J. Stroud is behind a superior offensive line. No, so superior. Oh, okay. a supi- compared to the Panthers? <laughs> I mean, it's a low bar. There. Line in Houston is better. Carolina may have the better receivers, but it doesn't matter if Bryce Young can't hit him. Yeah. So, CJ Stroud looks legit. He's fourth in the league in passing. 
That's wild. As, as a rookie. I want to say he has like one interception, something crazy like that. I think it's one. I'm pretty sure you're right. I'm pretty sure it's one. But 30 of 42, 475 TDs. No Damian Pierce. He has no number one receiver. Like <laughs> Dalton Schultz is supposed to be his number one receiver. Right? Yeah, and he's got Cow- 14 don't... touchdowns and one interception. Yeah. Don't Bananas. the Cowboys miss Dalton Schultz. You know, Noah Brown turned into Jerry Wright. <laughs> Like Tank Dell. Who is Tank Dell? Tank Dell, yeah. T- Nico Collins. Pick them up on your fantasy way. Pick them up. Pick and, them up. And everybody got in the action in that game. Everybody ate. Everybody ate. But you know what? Which on the other side, either Baker Mayfield didn't play badly. He didn't, no, he didn't no. Play he's having a decent season. I think he had two yeah. touchdowns. What one? Rashad White was in the end zone twice. Oh, you know, Evans had 87 yards. Yeah. You know, but so... People were, you know, and how much of this was D'Amico Ryan's realizing my kicker's fucked, so I kind of <laughs> have to go for it. I have to go for two. I've, you know, you pulled a practice squad running back out there and say, kick this. And he did. He made a field goal. Get out there, like, son. But coach, just do it. You got this. You know, that's, you know, it's a, it's a crazy, crazy story, but, you know, Based on performance, you have to think that you have to think that they're kind of. And he lost. And I believe. Don't get me wrong. I believe two games ago. No, actually, I think last game, Houston Texans lost to the Panthers. Gave the Panthers their only win. Yeah. <laughs> In that game, Stroud was very human with 140 yards passing, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Yeah. So I mean. And Bucks have the better defense and the better defensive coordinator. I mean, Bryce Young has eight touchdowns, seven picks, 1375 yards, a respectable 63.9% completion. Even behind that banged up line. Yeah, it's his decision making, though, Z. It's not like I was watching the Colts game, and it's he had time. He had time. He's he's Either he's not reading it or he can't see it because he's thrown into triple coverage. He's he, linebackers are picking him off. It's not even. I mean, the two the two touch the two runbacks were by a cornerback. And it's just bad decisions. This is a bad throw. I mean, this is the professional. This is the pros, man. You can't make that throw. They're, the guy's there. You got to throw to a spot. You can't be waiting for the guy to get open for him to wave at you and smile at you and then you throw him the ball. It doesn't it doesn't work like that, man. Well, you don't... Different, that is the huge difference between the pros and the college ranks. You can make that throw at college. You can't make right. that throw in the pros against the seasoned vet, like a Stephon Gilmore. You can't do that, right? Which is strange because Frank Reich, I mean, I believe, I think he's a really good coach. I think he's a really good quarterback coach. And I'm just, I feel like he hasn't reached Bryce Young. You know, I feel like he hasn't connect. He isn't connected with him, or they're not on the same page because you just—it's the body language. It's watching him play. It's, he doesn't. I don't. I mean, I'm not going to say the kid doesn't have it. It's just when you look, when you see Stroud play, and then you see this guy play, you're like, hmm. it's almost I like we're, I, I think we are overestimating Frank Reich's ability as a as a QB whisperer a little bit because you know at, at this point. Like, who is he really like brought along? Because in 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 Indy, who he had, right? Andrew Luck got the hell out of Dodge, right? 
So you're looking at you were looking at Carson Wentz, who got a job this week. Yes, he's going to be. He's in, employed. He's employed. He, he's going to be starting. Probably Two starting people had to get unemployed for him to get employed, but he got employed. Well, you know, like good for him. Like he he was on the Giants practice squad, but now he's in. He's going to suit up for the Rams on Sunday. That's so, certainly come full circle, hasn't it? Yeah, that's <laughs> very interesting. He's going in to replace Jared Goff. Very right, like, you know, right. That, that is kind of funny. The right? only thing that would have been it? more funny is if he went to Detroit. Like that I'm pretty been sure awesome. he got hurt against them. That's what yeah. changed his whole career. That's what that's what brought in Nick Foles. That ended his whole career. Yeah. That poor but man. You're looking at Philip Rivers. You're looking at Matt Ryan. You're, I mean, what the hell is Frank Wright gonna tell Matt Ryan and Philip Rivers at this point in their careers? Get down. Right. Like what, what? What is he legitimately? What is he going to say? Like, come on. Good like, throw. They're, they're, they're Good throw. Nice product. throw. You had a lot. Okay. You had a lot of. Uh, you had a lot of spin on that one. Form products. <laughs> By the time Frank Rock right got there, so I think we are overestimating that a little bit. But I mean, we do the same grace that we're asking for other quarterbacks. We will give to Bryce Young. It's his first year. You're going to take your lumps. Troy Aikman got the shit beat out of him. Peyton Manning got the shit beat out of him. Like, there's still time. There is still absolutely time. But, you know, I, you mentioned Kenny Pickett. Oh, my God. That, the, Pittsburgh Steel, the Pittsburgh Steelers are awful. So, I mean, three. if you're being, if you're being, if you're being somehow, smoke and mirrors. Yeah. On defense. T.J. Watt is, is doing things in Pittsburgh. But if you were, you know, that's a low bar. You know, we're talking about his <laughs> you know, CJ Stroud has more touchdown passes than Kenny Pickett. He probably has more touchdown passes than Mitch Trubisky, too. So let's be real here. Yeah, that guy. It, what yeah. happened to that guy? He was never he came, to begin with. He came in. I think he came in the game. Not Yeah, was it last week or two weeks ago? He came in the game and was just like, oh, God, where have you been? Like, what are you doing? What happened to you, man? So as far as the Panthers regretting their pick, I don't think so. I think they're playing the long game. I think they're gonna they're gonna give it a go because, you know, I mean, they knew about his size. They, yeah. There were questions about his, you know, there were questions about this decision making. You know, Anthony Richardson. They were enamored with him. Like they really were thinking about the talent of Anthony Richardson. But he's been know. gone. <laughs> yeah, he's done. Like this rookie, <laughs> this rookie draft class hasn't been as good as uh, we, I mean, Levis is finally hitting the field. So we're gonna find out. We're gonna find out about him this weekend. Yeah, we definitely are. We absolutely are. But C.J. Stroud is standing shoulders, head and shoulders above everybody, and you know he's making a lot of people look foolish. And speaking of standing head and shoulders above people and making people look foolish, Josh Dobbs, like this guy. Yeah. This guy was traded to Minnesota on Tuesday, right? <laughs> forced into the game on Sunday because Jaron Hogg has a concussion in the first quarter. After Kirk Cousins went down with his with his uh, Achilles tear, you have Dobbs not knowing any of the people on his line, teaching <laughs> them his cadence prior to the game and during the game. And Vikings win. It, it's unbelievable. Not only did he play well, but they beat the Falcons. And apparently, like, Arthur Smith 
is I don't know what the hell honestly Taylor, I don't know what the hell he's thinking. <laughs> Obviously Taylor's thinking. I don't know what the hell he's thinking. So stop giving the ball to Bijan. Let's uh let's get Taylor some more throws. Sorry, what was that? Huh? <laughs> we we got a, we got a Algier here. My mic shorted my my mic shorted out. Did you say give the ball to Algier and Heineke? But was this win more about the Vikings, about Josh Dobbs, or about the Falcons' inability to get their best player on the field? Yeah, I mean, my answer might surprise you. So, um, first of all, Josh Dobbs, wow. Just, the, 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 you know, I just can't get over him showing up. Like, you got to understand that he's in the huddle calling plays, and then he has, to, he has someone tell him what the play is. Because he has no idea what he just called. Mm-hmm. He has no idea what the terminology is. He has no idea what any. He doesn't know the names of any of the people on the line. And it started out rough, right? Yeah. Safety, interception, fumble. And then all of a sudden, in the second half, it's like, freak it. I'm just going to start running and throwing. And we're going to win this game. Z, you cannot tell me. That if this man wasn't on the New York Jets, the New York Jets would not be doing better. You can't tell me that. The, the sheer fact that he runs in the correct direction. Like he doesn't run backward when when the rush comes. He steps up and goes. He doesn't run back and then run to his right or run back. and run. No, he steps up and takes off. Or throws the ball to the open receiver. Like he's hitting open receiver. I mean, I, I I just can't get over what he did. I don't I don't I don't know how anybody could come in and do that on a professional level. This is professional football. He went into it he went into Atlanta, right? Because this all happened in Atlanta, I believe. Mm-hmm. Division leading Atlanta, top ten defense Atlanta. And won that game. So my answer is going to surprise you. I think this says a lot about the Falcons. Because how do you let this man who just got here on Tuesday come into your building and beat you with a team he doesn't even know? And you're starting a guy who's been here all season. And you got you to gotta throw a bullshit pass to a tight end and run 60 yards for you to score? Where's B. John Robinson? Why did you draft him? That's the question. That's the million-dollar question. What did you draft him for? We're not giving Tyler Algier. What? Who? Tyler, Al- Tyler Algier is good. He's not. B. He's John a good Robinson. person. I got nothing <laughs> wrong. I got nothing wrong with him. But I mean, have you seen Bijan run? Have you? Dude was up for Rookie of the Year. I'm about to put more money on Jordan Addison because you're not giving this guy the ball. Well, now I got to worry about Stroud. Uh, we haven't seen Bijan run in two weeks. Bijan, Bijan, he gone. I don't know what is. Maybe is he hurt? Is he sick? Did he sleep with your wife? Like what happened here? George's wife's in a coma. <laughs> like what the hell is going on? So no, to me this said a, this says a lot about the Falcons. This says about a lot about the National Football League. Come on, man. You're telling me the Giants would be better with Josh Dobbs? How is it? How is it that the Arizona Cardinals, right, two weeks before the season started, figured out, okay, 
We're going to cut Colt McCoy, but we're going to sign Josh Dobbs, and he's going to have a career year for us. Trade and then we're going to flip that for draft picks to a team that's competing, and now that team suddenly has life to the fact that they're going to get their number one receiver back this week, and he's like, yeah, I want to play with this guy. I want to play with this guy. Yeah. Uh, you're in a the Vikings are in a winnable. Can you imagine if Josh Dobbs is able to win a playoff game for the Minnesota Vikings? If I'm rooting. Is, I'm rooting for him. I'm rooting if for he him. does, he's gonna have to be on the road, man. I I, I don't think he's. I don't, I don't see it as a winnable. I I, I think you, know, you don't think he can beat Detroit. No, I I just think that Detroit is better than Minnesota. Detroit's so better than Minnesota. yeah. But wait, didn't wait, didn't Minnesota beat Detroit though? They recently yeah, that doesn't mean Detroit. anything. Though. That doesn't mean anything. No, that doesn't no. mean anything. Head-to-head matchups, there don't mean a damn thing. This doesn't mean shit. <laughs> this no, one doesn't. It, it does. This no, one in particular does doesn't. Yeah. This team, is, the Detroit Lions are better than the Minnesota Vikings. I think they and play them again. They play them again. They have to. They play them twice. So that, but, that might be a tell-all game because at that point, he'll be a month in. Yeah, well, what is the team going to be at that time? They yeah. have no run game. No. Right? No. This is, this is Baker Mayfield as a Ram last year. <laughs> the first game, fantastic. Oh. You know, that's wonderful. So you're, you're, thinking, you're thinking this was all smoke and mirrors. You think after this, it's all downhill for Mr. Dobbs? What have we seen? What have we seen so far this year? Like, he, he's okay. He's okay. That's a bad age. So that, that's where we stand with Mr. Is he Dobbs. good enough to get you beat? He's good enough to contend for a top draft pick. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, oh, they have not played the Vikings yet, by the way. They got smoked by the Ravens. Ah. Lots of people get smoked by the Ravens. Yeah. Different purple team. Ah, that's it, what it is. Okay. So they got they still so they got to still play Detroit twice. Yeah. So oh. Christmas Eve, Christmas Eve at one o'clock. At their place. Big game. And then January 7th in Detroit. That's cool. That's so, cool. which there may be division title on the line at that point. For sure. You know, so the, the Lions may be clinching something that day. But, you know, yeah, I, I just don't see that they are as good because there's no running game to speak of. The defense is not good. If Justin Jefferson is healthy, that does make a difference. But this you, you caught a team off guard. Right, they were prepared for Jaron Hall. Joshua Dobbs was not even prepared for the game. He's out there doing, you know, he's like, "What's your name?" Okay, your what position? Your tackle, guard, center. What do you What do you do? Okay, here we go. All right, big man, here we go. So, kudos to, to Dobbs. Had a great game. 20 of 30, 158 yards, two passing touchdowns, plus seven carries for 60, 66, and a rushing touchdown. Phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. This is a one-man shot. You cannot survive for more than a week with that. Right? And it's all about the Falcons, in my opinion. This is... The Falcons are, like, withering before us. Where they started, the trajectory that they were on, and where they are now, they're not even in the same stratosphere. Like, they're not even, you know, 
they're not even close. They're on a different quarterback. They buried their starting run. They buried their number one draft pick and starting running back. Who's their number one receiver? Drake London, who did not play. John Smith. You have Kyle Pitts, who's not worth a damn. Drake London, who didn't play. Like, come on now. Like, what is going on? This is an imminently winnable division, right? New Orleans is also giving it back to you. Because New Orleans isn't that good either. You easily could could be contending here. And instead, you got your coach benching your best player. Allegedly, he was sick last week. Okay, what what was going on this week? Why isn't he playing? (laughs) Your defense is a fraud. It's a fraud. As Jack Grealish would say, the biggest fraud. Now... It's hard, you know, the, the, the Falcons are back in, in the no-trust zone. And I think Taylor Heineke, he's good enough to get beat. Like, he's good enough to get beat. Joshua Dobbs was asked to, to do uh, start a tank job in Arizona. So, you know, that kind of shows you where he is in terms of levels. Like, but... I don't know what the hell the Falcons are doing. And if you're an Atlanta Falcons fan, you got to be scratching your head. you got to be pounding the table. And you really have to be like, you really have to be wondering what the fuck is going on. You really have to be, you have to be calling for Arthur Smith's head. You have to be. Because it's dumb decision after dumb decision after dumb decision. And you're telling me that your last three number one draft picks can't get on the field? You're telling me that London, Pitts, and Robinson cannot get on the field? What is going? What are we doing? Like, I'm like, what are we doing? What are you doing with my money? <laughs> my money. What are you doing with it? I, 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 it's impossible. It's impossible that they've done this. It's impossible that they flushed it down the fucking toilet, but lo and behold, they did. Are you in need of air care maintenance or service? I have the company for you. Air Care Technicians. They service the Westchester and Northern Bronx area and can help you with all your heating and cooling maintenance and service needs. Just give them a call at 914-315-1547. Again, that's 914-315-1547. Or shoot them an email at aircaretechnicians at gmail.com. These guys are the real deal as they are veteran-owned, licensed, and insured. Make sure to tell them that DNZ sent you. Speaking of flushing things down the toilet, we haven't really talked about the Big Ten this year, but there's a lot of scandal, as, as we know. And, you know, it's flushing it's flushing the good season that Michigan has had down the toilet because now it's completely clouded with a little bit of scandal. Coach Jim Harbaugh and the football program are under investigation and accused of sending scouts, the notorious Connor Stallions, fantastic name sending him on the road to steal signals for future opponents right 
These actions violate NCAA rules and other Big Ten coaches are asking for Harbaugh to be suspended, possibly fired, and for Michigan to not be bowl eligible this year. Slight problem, though, Michigan currently sits in the top four in terms of the college football playoff. So, would the Big Ten, would the NCAA cut off their nose to spite their face? And what should the Big Ten do with Michigan football? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's tough. It's, I mean, listen, I do think the role, I do think the rule is silly. I do think the rule is stupid. For everybody who doesn't know, you're not allowed to send in in college football. You're not allowed to send advanced scouts to to check out games live and video or you know or take or or attempt to steal plays or attempt to steal signs. Like you're not allowed to do that. But now it's coming out that these teams were doing it to Michigan and Purdue had. Michigan signs like two or three years ago and we're using it against them. I, you know, it's tough, man. Because, listen, at the end of the day, even if you have someone signs, right, and you think you know what's coming, on a college, especially on a college level, there's not much you could do because you still don't know 100% if this, if you've got the right intel, right? Um, so, I don't know. I mean, the whole thing is, is like, you know, everybody's guilty. Everybody's guilty. You're telling me that they're the only ones doing this? It's just like with Spygate. You're telling me where they're the only ones spying on other teams? Uh, I think he, and that tough part is, is like, it's almost like the NCAA has to do something, right? Because if they don't, then it's like, well, what are we, what are we all following the rules for then? You know, if, you, if you're not going to get slapped on the wrist or anything bad's going to happen when you get caught doing things you're not supposed to do, then, then what are we all doing this for? So there's a level, there's a level of me that says, yeah, they kind of gotta suspend him, suspend him. I wouldn't say take away their bowl eligibility, but suspend him, three or four games, whatever, just so everybody shuts up. Um, but I don't think you, I don't think you could take them out of the bowl games. I don't think you can, you know, make them drop out. And that's why they really got to keep winning because I feel like if they lose. That's when that they're gonna drop the hammer on them because they're gonna be like, all right, we're good now. They're out of the playoff. We can do this now. No, no definitely. And it really it rings a lot of the Patriots in Spygate, where you know, I mean, the only difference was that you know they had recordings, yeah. right? They record they recorded walkthroughs, right? Here, a dude had to fly cross country, buy a ticket, and then time it just right. Keep you know, keep everything kind of you know trained on the sidelines while people are you know getting up to go take a piss or. And listen, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, I, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure this rule was put into place to help smaller schools because smaller schools didn't have the means. To, to send an advanced scout or right. the technology to get this information. So so a school like Maine, you know, wouldn't have wouldn't wouldn't be, you know, required or wouldn't have to send an advanced scout to Michigan just so they could compete with Michigan when they played them in three or four weeks. I'm pretty sure that like that was the real reasoning behind the rule. 
but I mean, I think it's it's kind of it's kind of a silly rule, but it is it a rule. Sense. It is a rule. It was broken, so yeah. you know, I guess someone has to pay for it. That's what I, that's what I look at, and you know what? If you look at if you look at it from the NFL standpoint, the punishment for Spygate, Belichick personally got fined five hundred grand. The team got fined two hundred fifty grand, and I'm sure Kraft paid Belichick's fine. So they, they lost. They lost seven, draft picks too, didn't they? Lost, they? they lost one draft pick. Yeah. So if, if that means, what's the equivalent in NCAA? You forfeit some scholarship. But in the NIL, does that really matter? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's a slap on the wrist. Right. The rule is dumb. I, I think we are in agreement. The rule is dumb. Right. Yeah. You're trying to get some sort of competitive advantage, and at the end of the day, like these kids, right? And they are kids. Like they're gonna advance. Like the ones who actually advance to the NFL, they're going to benefit from advanced scouting. So I just don't think filming signs helps anybody. I don't. Because you, you still have to decode them. You you gotta decode it. And you got a hundred percent no, and even if you know, even if you know what's coming, right? Mm-hmm. They the the team still has to make the play. Mm-hmm. You, you still got to throw the football. You've still got to run run the ball. You you still got to make the play. And and maybe on a on a professional level, it maybe it means a little bit more. I mean, if Ray Lewis, you know, knows exactly what's gonna happen, okay. He's a very smart football player, one of the most talented linebackers in the game. Okay, he's going to do a lot with that. But not an undrafted safety, you know, playing for Michigan. Like, he's not really – there's nothing he's going to be able to do. Like, I just – that's just the way I look at it. Even even with the Patriots when they won the – when they beat uh, the Rams, it's like, okay, yeah, you might have known what's coming, but – Tom still had to be flawless that day with no turnovers and had to run the two-minute drill and get downfield to kick the field goal and the field goal had to go through the upright. Like there are so many other factors that have to go right. Yeah. That I just I don't I don't really buy into it. I just don't buy into it. I don't think it matters. No, but by letter of the law it is cheating. And yes, I, I 100%. Yeah, by letter of the law. Now, is it banging on a garbage can? To indicate yeah. that the curveball's coming. No. <laughs> right. Is yes. it right. down is it pulling up and down the shades grounds so that Bobby Thompson knows that a fastball's coming? Right. No. Right. Right. Like is it that? No. Is right. it the Yankees and Red Sox with their Apple Watch scandal? No. 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 Right. No. It's not that. The execution still needs to be there hundred percent. You're absolutely right. But at the end of the day, it's scouting. That's scouting. That's you, you, so basically what you're saying is scouting is bad. Like that's ridiculous. But it, it's just another feckless NCAA stupid rule that ultimately makes them look bad. For all the grill masters, green thumbers, home repair heroes, and DIY aficionados in the Richmond, Virginia area, if you're looking for a personal service, quality products, and a convenient shopping experience, look no further than Thacker Ace Hardware in Colonial Heights, Virginia. Owner Don Rackley and his team of local experts have everything you need to tackle all of your home projects. I'm talking paints by Benjamin Moore and Clark in Kensington. 
power tools by Craftsman and Milwaukee, electrical, plumbing, hardware, and let's not miss the grill. Weber, Big Green Egg, Traeger, Blackstone, top shelf, amazing. And for all you green thumbers, their nursery department is fantastic. Give them a call today, 804-766-4223, or stop by 27 Dunlop Village in Colonial Heights. That's 804-766-4223, or swing by 27 Dunlop Village in Colonial Heights. Thacker Ace is the place with the helpful hardware folks. And speaking of making them look bad, we're transitioning to baseball, and Hal Steinbrenner revealed that he consulted current players and former players on the idea of Aaron Boone returning as Yankee manager, and everybody was all for it. So, was this a smart move by Hal, or uh, was it just not a smart move to admit it? Oh, uh, you know, I just don't know why he's reaching out to old players. Like, I heard he was talking to Pettit and Swisher. I don't see what the point of that was. I guess they didn't was, play for Aaron Boone. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know what the. I was. I don't really get it. Um, you know, I think when you're doing things like this, when you're doing some soul searching, I think it's okay to kind of reach out. And he's, yeah, you know, I'm. I'm cool with you talking to Judge about it because he's. He's our. He's the highest played player in the team. He's the captain. I think it's worth it to get his two cents. Not. Not. Not take what he tells you and go and run with it, but just you know take the temperature on it and see and see what he says. But uh, I think they should be forthcoming and outspoken about the things they're doing to try to make this team better. I I didn't like how Brian Cashman like totally dismissed all the reporters. I think on Monday night when they were asking him questions about like analytics, it's like, dude, that's your job. Your fucking job is to answer the media. That's your job. Why do you feel insulted to to talk about what happened in the meeting? What's the problem? Like he's such a turd sometimes. Um, but yeah, I would I would say that I think it's fine. Um, you know, especially taking the temperature from Hall of Fame players or or you know the best player on your team. I don't understand why you're reaching out to guys who who have already left or who have no no bearing on it. But but yeah. That's akin to how saying he was going to hire an outside firm to go over the analytics, but what he really meant was that he was going to send his analytics team on a field trip to see how they can do better. <laughs> right. This is dumb. <laughs> this is dumb. Nick Swisher, love him. Fantastic energy guy, glue guy for the Yankees. Don't care what his opinion is on Aaron Boone. Right, he did, right. He didn't right. play for him. No, right. Like, he didn't play for him. <laughs> okay. Like, he never he even sat a little, in a hot tub with him. Like I don't. Right. I mean, he's got a little more skin in the game. He's, a, he's at least a more recent Yankee. So okay, you know, Brett Gardner. What does Brett Gardner have to say about Aaron Boone? I'm sure nothing good. But you are what your record says you are. And Yankees are mediocre. And how'd they get there? How did they get there? They got there 
because he can't manage his way out of a paper bag. And Brian Cashman has loaded this team with Willie Calhoun and Franchi Cordero and Billy McKinney and Jimmy Cordero. Who are these people? Some of them are quadruple-A players. Some of them are not even double-A players. Uh, You're hanging your hat on Clark Schmidt. (laughs) Okay. We're really expecting big things from Michael King. Michael King has not been good since you took him out of the bullpen. Michael King had potential to be an elite reliever. Instead, he's a mediocre starter. Kind of like they mucked up Generation uh, Trey. Right? They mucked up Chamberlain. You had an elite setup man. And like, oh no, we're going to make him a starter. Why? Makes no sense. It's one decision after another. Like not having a left-handed hitter, a left-handed power hitter besides Anthony Rizzo. And Anthony Rizzo is not really a power hitter. It just one head-scratching decision after head-scratching decision after head-scratching decision and none of this none of this would have happened if the patriarch of the Steinbrenner family was still around. You know as well as I that Boom would have been out on his ass two years ago. Cashman would have been out on his ass five years ago. Giancarlo Stanton would have been dragged through the media (laughs) because he did it with Dave Winfield. Right, Mr. May, for those of you that you need a history lesson, Dave, Win- Dave Winfield was a stud, and he was labeled as Mr. May by George Steinbrenner. He had a hard on for Dave Winfield, the whole Harry Spiro thing. So, it's a generational thing, and I, I gotta think that a lot of this is, there's no fire to win. There's no passion to win. It's about making the bottom line look good. I don't think he cares, frankly. And if, if, if somebody came along, whether it's, you know, Josh Harris or the, you know, a Saudi group or whoever, whoever's got the deepest pocket. Maybe Magic Johnson wants to buy his own fucking team. I don't know. Instead of being a part over the Dodgers, maybe he wants to own the whole thing. Whoever's pockets are deepest, Palestine, I, I, that's the first, it's the first team feeling I've had in a while that the Yankees could be up for sale, right? That they could be put up to the highest bidder. Just for profit, just just for a payday. And I'm wondering, you know, we're talking about, we're talking about a guy who's just so vanilla and so bland. And he's made the Yankees so vanilla and so bland that like, this is what is passing as news, right? The Yankees, even in the not-so-recent past, right? In 2009, they brought in Burnett, they brought in Teixeira, they brought in Sabathia, and they won, right? They made a big splash. They brought in Tanaka. They brought in Garrett Cole. In recent vintage, you know, the elder Steinbrenner, he'd say, fuck it. We haven't won a World Series since 2009. I want Otani. I want Bellinger. I want Bring Back Montgomery. I want all of them. 
I want all of them. And you're not, I'm not going to stop until I get the money, uh, until I get the ring. So there seems to be a disconnect. And it's not a smart move by half. Fundamental changes need to be made. But I don't know if he's that guy. I, I just don't know if he values it. Because if he doesn't see there's a problem, he can't address a problem. Plain and simple. Avoid messy accidents. Get better stopping power with your brake pads. Callahan brake pads. You never know when you'll be driving in the road and there will be a truck tire that you need to avoid and save your family. Callahan Auto. We really care about what's under your hood. More or less? Alright, boys and girls, we have a statement. It's either more likely or less likely. More or less. Number one, Aaron Rodgers returning to action this season. Gosh, this is such garbage. (laughs) This is such garbage. Less likely. He tore his Achilles. It'd be amazing if he came back in like week 14 or 15 and then like just tore his ACL. It's like, well, this was a bad idea. I don't know if you got a chance to hear Robert Sala yesterday on the Michael K show, but Michael K pressed Sala and said, Hey, you know, Zach's playing so badly. Why not? Why not play Trevor Simeon just to see if he's a little, give him a shot under center, see what it's like. And Robert Sala's answer was, I don't know. You got me. I'm going to plead the fifth on this one. You're the coach. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Who who can make the decision then? Who do we need to get on the phone here? What are you talking about? What do you mean I plead the fifth? This is a damn radio show. Answer the question. Why is this kid who has completed only 56% of his passes in the last couple of years still playing for your team? The number two pick of the 2023 NFL NFL draft threw for 470 yards and five touchdowns two days ago, three days ago. This kid will never, ever have those numbers. Ever. Ever. Anybody can go out there and do better than what he's doing. Anyone. Anyone. And I don't, I don't, I don't understand what's happening. I don't get it. I I really don't get it. To watch those games, he runs in the wrong direction constantly. He constantly goes backward. Like, dude, you have to go forward. This is a north-south league, man. You've got to go up and down. You cannot go left to right. And throw the ball to the freaking open receivers. He he somehow managed to elude. (laughs) He managed to evade Khalil Mack on Monday, but then proceeded to throw a ball to CJ Uzama that was so bad that he looked like a first baseman trying to stretch. They had like seven sacks, something crazy like that. But it's like, I just don't understand. I, I don't understand how you you didn't go and sign Colt McCoy or try to get Josh, Josh Dobbs. Why can't Cam Newton play on this team? I think Cam Newton would be great on this team. Let's run the football. Let's just run the football. 
Not yeah, that doesn't he, work for Cam Newton. That's why he's not on this team. He came in from the damn football. And your answer is I plead the fifth. You plead the fifth. So, no, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is coming back. I don't think he should come back. I also don't think Robert Sala should come back. Joe Douglas should come back. Or Aaron Rodgers. They should not come back. Just ever. None of these people should come back. So, less likely as well, Aaron Rodgers said a couple of fortnights. So for those of you that don't know, a fortnight is two weeks. So a couple of fortnights is four weeks. You're looking at week 14. Behind this offensive line? Why would you risk it? A wise man once yeah. said, I'm not, I'm not going to deface my pro- this property for a collection of sticks. Right, like why, why risk it? Why risk it? There's so much other stuff going on right now. Like what are you talking about? You got to worry about the Raiders. Forget four weeks from now. You got to worry about the Raiders this week. They fired their coach, and all of a sudden, my God, it looks like a different team. The chains are off, right? The the veil has been lifted. They can do all sorts of things. Granted, against the Giants, but that's what you need to be focused on. That's what the energy needs to be focused on in the room. Not the will be will he won't he. Are you going to get a a missive from Pat McAfee from Aaron Rodgers? that he's going to play. He's going to grace you with his presence. Like, this is a distraction. This is an absolute distraction. So if season ended in the first quarter, week one, four plays in, your season was over. You had the option to salvage it. Instead, you brought in Trevor Simeon, right? You had the opportunity to bring in a game manager. Instead, you decided to do what you've always done. And that's bringing a guy who's not going to push the incumbent. You did it with Sam Darnold. You did it, and now you're doing it with Zach Wilson. Never been pushed. Never been pushed. You brought in the one guy who pushed him, ruptured his Achilles, four plays in. You made the bed. Now you're going to lie with it. You're going to lie in it. Tough shit. Tough but Aaron Rodgers, no. It's been a circus between him and Taylor Swift. I'm tired of seeing both of them. I, if he's not going to play, I don't care. Because chances are, you're absolutely right. He's going to overcompensate. He's going to hurt his other leg. You know, because he's attacking rehab. <clears throat> absolutely pointless. Pointless, pointless, pointless. More or less, number two. The New York Giants will draft a quarterback in the first round of the 2024 NFL Draft. Ooh, um, I think if they have a top five pick, they are, which is, seems like that's where they're heading. Yeah, I mean, Daniel Jones tore his ACL this past weekend. Very highly unlikely he'll be ready for the start of the season next year. Um, I think the, the Giants will look to move on from Daniel Jones. So I'm going to say more likely. I think... It's unfortunate. I feel bad for the guy. Yeah, I mean, from from what you hear, the kid works hard. He's respected in the locker room. And he's, you know... At the end of the day, it's a bad situation, right? He was kind of put in this situation by Dave Gettleman. Right. Kind of like in the same way that 
kind of in the same way that Saquon Barkley was put in this position, right? Yeah. Saquon Barkley was never asked to, to, they never asked to be, you know, anointed as touched by the hand of God. Right. No, that was dumbass Dave Gettle. Currently, the Giants sit at number four. Right? So, you're looking at Cardinals at one, Bears at two and three. makes you wonder are the bears in the market for a quarterback next year or are they packaging two and three or are they just packaging two or are they just packaging three they could be very well open for business so i don't know what they you know if Eberflus is gone and you have a new coach do they do they sweeten on justin fields a little bit or do they believe in chicken and bread like i don't know do the Cardinals move on from Kyler Murray? That seems to be a yes. Like I, I would say that's a yes. Not if they're going to play him. They're playing him. They're showcasing him. Mm, okay. They can showcase him. Okay, it's true. See if, they can, see if they can find somebody dumb enough to take him. You're right. You're right. It's the, the Las Vegas Athletic. Like, that's who's going to take him. They can use a second base. But, you know, you need to... Kyler Murray needs to prove he can stay healthy and he can actually play well. So we'll see. The Giants could very well end up with Drake May or Caleb Williams. If Caleb Williams falls that far, who's to say? An intriguing matchup in a couple weeks, Giants-Patriots. The suck bowl. <laughs> right? There, there is a chance that the Patriots could leapfrog the Giants in terms of the draft order. And what does that mean? Don't know. But I gotta say that it's more likely because they need one. But I don't know. Like I think they might be gunshot, right? Because yeah, they they Brandon Bean drafted Josh Allen, not Joe Shane. Right, Joe Shane may have been in the room, but Brandon Bean made the draft pick. Brian Dable coached Josh Allen. That doesn't mean that there's a Josh Allen in this draft. Right? Could it be Shador Sanders? Can you imagine that? That would be crazy. But I think they 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 might but I can also see them being very gunshot. And, you know, if Marvin Harrison Jr. is available, maybe they take Marvin Harrison Jr. I don't know. There's so many needs. There's so many holes. But it's clear. It's clear as day that quarterback is one of them. And I just, I don't know. Maybe it's something that, maybe it's something that, that you look at and kind of explore the free agency side of it. Maybe you see who's available and you just shore up that offensive line and you shore up those skill position players and hope to God that this veteran can kind of steady the ship. But when stranger things have happened, then they take another quarterback and really set themselves back even further. Dave Brown and Danny Cannell, anyone?
favorite podcast has its own merch line now. Go to the Fade Store with DNZ.com today for all your Fade Route merch needs. I'm talking tank tops, t-shirts, sweatshirts, like yoga pants, we got those too. Like some cool accessories, we got those too. And we're not done yet. We have so much more planned for you, but check out what we have today at the Fade Store with DNZ.com. That's the Fade Store with DNZ.com. The Fade Store presents the Alleged Superstar of the Week Award. All right, boys and girls, you know what time it is. It's time for the Alleged Superstar of the Week. You know how it goes. We put up a poll on our X account at FadeRoutDNZ and you vote. And you vote, and you vote, and you vote. And the winner of said vote gets a shout out on this here show and the coveted ass trophy. And do you know who took on the coveted ass trophy last week? Dave? I don't. That would be the New York Football Giants. <laughs> Fucking shit show that. <laughs> Big Blue, indeed. W. Dear Jesus. But that was last week. This is this week. Who are your nominees for Alleged Superstar of the Week? First up is Arthur Smith, the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons, who seems to be on a mission to not lose to B. John Robinson in fantasy. (laughs) Uh, Dude's just not giving him the ball. Offense looks like trash. Just don't get it. So, Arthur Smith, you are the Alleged Superstar of the Week. Number two, Todd Bowles, head coach and defensive guru of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You let rookie quarterback C.J. Stroud throw for over 470 yards and five touchdowns on your ass? Do better, man. Just do better. And last and certainly least is the Miami Dolphins. You lost to Buffalo on the road. You lost to Philly on the road. And you lost to Kansas City in Germany. You cannot be trusted. And that's why you, Miami Dolphins, you are the alleged superstars of the week. What do you got, Z? All great choices. You really uh, can't argue with any of them. I'm going to start with Brian Cashman. Oh, my God. He, to his credit, and this is where his credit ends, he went and faced the music on Tuesday for an hour, right? And he went out there and he did what he was going to do, right? He was going <laughs> to, he, he met the media after an 82 win season and proceeded to, oh, my God. I'm just going to read the quote, people, because I can't make this shit up. I'm proud of our people, and I'm proud of our process. Doesn't mean we're firing on all cylinders. Doesn't mean we're the best in class. But I think we're pretty fucking good, personally. I'm proud of our people. I'm also looking forward to 24 being a better year than 23. Are you out of your fucking mind? (laughs) Crazy. 
what? What? Do you see here? And what gives you optimism? What are you looking at? By all accounts, you have an aging middle of the order. You have a star that you can pitch around. You have one starting pitcher. That's all I see. Correct me if I'm wrong. You brought up these kids. Who knows what the kids will be next year? And the best of all of them had Tommy John surgery because he's not even going to play. And you're not opening up the coffers like you used to. What are you talking about? You're out of your mind. Brian Cashman, you are my alleged superstar of the week. WFAN, particularly Brandon Tierney and Sal Licata. Picking a fight with Carl Banks over Kayvon Thibodeau, over what you see versus what's on the film, and what you think versus what's on the film, Hanging up on Carl Banks. Proceeding to say how you don't like being lectured when you tried to lecture the Super Bowl winning middle linebacker for the Giants. You know, that guy. The guy who knows more football than you ever will. The guy who's forgotten more football than you will ever know. You talk down to him, lecture him, hang up on him and proceed to say how you don't like being hung up on and like and uh, lectured to. Carl Banks then resigns from WFAN and then I'm going to lump Greg Giannotti in here too. On the morning show, talking about how nobody wanted to do the spot because he's boring. Because Carl Banks is boring. Carl Banks gives great analysis. And if the interview is not entertaining, maybe that's your fault as the host. Ask better questions. Just a thought. WFAN, you're spiraling your shows and your programming are god-awful. You're trying to shock jock this. You're trying to Craig Carton this all the way back to relevancy. And it's not working. WFAN, you are my alleged superstar of the week. And then last but not least, Premier League officials. After allowing an extremely controversial goal in the Newcastle Arsenal match, you not went you went to one VAR review, to a second VAR review to a third VAR review, there's no way that that Anthony Gordon goal, there's no way that that checked all three of them. Absolutely no way that VAR bungled everything that much. It's getting to the point where VAR in soccer is now becoming instant replay in football. You're now waiting to see, oh shit, 
how are how are the officials going to impact this game? Not a good look. It's not a good look in the NFL. It's not a good look in the Premier League. Premier League officials, you are my alleged super. Go to our X account at FadeRouteDNZ and vote. And vote, and vote, and vote. And for our nominee. Just do better, boys. Just do better. This has been the Fade Route with DNZ. Thanks for tuning in. Catch our podcast on Wednesday nights on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast. So until next time, stay faded, everyone. Time for us to run the go route. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you like what you heard and want to hear more, be sure to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Rate us five stars. Leave us a review. Turn on subscription notifications and tell your friends. Spread the word. Spread it wide.